Hi, this is Keith, and this is Klezmer Podcast for Thursday, March 20th, 2008. The website is www.klezmerpodcast.com, and the email address is keith at klezmerpodcast.com. In news for this week, I want to draw your attention to an upcoming concert by the Mike Eisenstadt Band playing with Golem at Skipper's Smokehouse in Tampa, Florida. This is going to be on Tuesday, April 8th, 2008 at 8 p.m. For more information, call Skipper's Smokehouse at 813-971-0666. So let's move on to the interview for this episode. Today I have as my guests Tom Pawalski and Bobby B., two-thirds of the band The Atonement, from uh, the Baltimore area around Maryland, in the Washington, D.C. area. They have a great trio. They play uh, klezmer with a bit of a bluegrass country twist to it. It's a really interesting take on klezmer, and I really enjoy listening to them. I caught up with them at the annual NAM convention in Anaheim, California. That's the International Association of Music Manufacturers where they were performing at the Saga Music Jeton Guitar booth. And I had a chance to watch them play a few of their songs uh, from the stage there at the booth. It was very nice. In fact, before we get to the interview, I'm going to play one of the songs off their upcoming CD release. This is called Bulgar and B-flat, which I know as Nikolayev Bulgar. Let's have a listen. Thank you. 
So there you have it, Bulgar in B-flat by The Atonement. So now let's move on to the interview with Tom Pawalski and Bobby B, The Atonement. Hi, this is Keith, and this is the Klezmer Podcast. We're visiting the NAM show, Music Manufacturers Association show in Anaheim, California. And uh, we just listened to a couple of songs from The Atonement featuring Tom Pawalski and Bobby B. Uh, Tom is a clarinetist, uh, artist for Con Selmer, and Bobby B is an artist for Jetan Guitars. Uh, Tom, let's start with you. Why don't you uh, tell us about uh, your musical background, how you got started with klezmer music? Well, I got started in klezmer music. I was in New York in 1979. I was studying with uh, clarinet great Leon Rushinov, and we used. To, I was in the army at the time, and we used to get, you know, go into into you know into Manhattan and go see shows and concerts and stuff like that. And I was walking by Lincoln Center, and it was a Thursday night, and it was like a scene out of a Mel Brooks movie. There were massive amounts of Hasidic Jews going into Lincoln Center, which is something you don't see every day. So I walked up to this man, and I, I you know, like an 18-year-old kid does, and I asked him, I said, well, sir, could you mind telling me what's going on? And he goes, the greatest clarinetist in the world is going to play a concert tonight. And I, like an 18-year-old kid, sat there and said, I study with Leon Rushinoff at the Manhattan School of Music, and if the greatest clarinetist in town in the world was playing a concert at Lincoln Center, I would know about it. And he looked at me, and he said, you've never heard of Fiora Feidman? And I go, no. And he looked at me with this most incredulous look, and he sat there and he, he pulled his ticket out of his pocket. He handed it to me and said, son, you need this more than I do. <laughs> and I went in, and for the next two hours, I was transfixed. I had never heard a clarinetist play anything like this. So I immediately went across the street to a Sam Goody, bought these, the only two tapes that they had was The Gun of My People and Jewish Soul Music. And there were these really sort of Israeli tapes that, you know, after I listened to them about a hundred times, they fell apart and I'd have to, you know, take them, take, you know, do the tape transplant from one mechanism to the other. But I learned all those tunes and I just loved it. I just couldn't get enough of it after that. So I've been playing it ever since. Wow. Terrific. So for a pretty young age then. Yeah. Terrific. And right out of uh, music school then. Well, I was actually in the Army going to music school up there at the same time. So it was like, you know, after a couple of months, I started playing in bands and doing you know, I was kidding around. I was doing every Polish, Jewish, and Italian wedding between Bayonne and Brooklyn, you know, for a while. Very <laughs> uh, good. Bobby, uh, what, what's uh, brought you to Klezmer? Mine was, it's kind of funny, actually. Uh, I knew Tom's brother uh, years before I met Tom, and we had played together in different genres, uh, jazz gigs and that sort of thing. And somehow I ended up on a, a casual, you know, uh, the wedding type uh, jobs, that sort of thing. And Tom was on the job. And I thought, gosh, he looks so familiar. Not knowing that, you know, his brother. And so we met that way and started playing together in the area. We live in the, the Maryland area, close to D.C. So uh, there's... Uh, a lot of gigs uh, that are in that surrounding area, which it's a beautiful place uh, because we're close to New York, we're close to the shore, 
we're you know, three hours from New York or whatever, you know, a short plane ride to Nashville, you know, so there's uh, plenty of gigs, you know. Uh, so we started playing together more at these casual jobs, and we would get hired to go out on duos and trios and stuff like that, and gosh, just really, really like this stuff. So I was... Uh, where we're sitting now in the, the Saga booth at the NAMM show, um, I was uh, uh, talking with a friend of mine, uh, a guitar player, who turned me on to this, these guitars, a fellow named John Jorgensen, who's the hippest gypsy swing guitar player uh, around. And they turned me on to to this whole gypsy swing music and these chiton guitars. and I just loved it. Tom said, you know... Guitar would really sound cool, you know. And I'm thinking, oh, I don't know, I don't know. And he's like, oh no, let's try that sort of thing. Let's use the guitar because because typically we have guitar, uh, uh, mandolin, or even banjo. Right, exactly. So so but there's a lot of guitar too. Well, that's the the whole big thing ended up being uh, we merged. Well, this uh, the sort of the style we're now we're uh, uh, updating klezmer music. uh, just sounds so bold. Uh, it's, but it's really cool. He had this ear. I mean, he had the the, the foresight to, to go. Hey, this could sound cool. You're using the gypsy swing sound anyway, so let's do that and, and kind of combine that uh, Django Reinhardt sound with. You know, it's all ethnic music anyway, gypsy, uh, Jewish. It's, it's so We're calling it country and eastern. <laughs> <laughs> so we just started working that way. And literally then we said, you know, this is ridiculous. We should do an album. We should uh, tour ourselves rather than keep, uh, you know, banging our heads against the wall going, gee, wouldn't it be fun to do X, Y, Z when we both absolutely love the music, and the klezmer music. Is, when you play it, klezmer music is so one of those emotional. things. That, it's so beautiful. You can come here to rock, in the show, which is predominantly rock and roll, and you will play this stuff, and you'll just stop people in the aisles. They'll they'll listen to it because, wow, you don't hear stuff like that. Where you know you you don't hear real instruments play music. You know, it's one big reason Tom was on the flight over, letting me hear your podcast. So I'm giving you a commercial. <laughs> I wasn't even aware of of you. That there were outlets like you. So thank you I, I, from the bottom of my heart. Thank you for doing this because it's like wow, this is a style that really should get more uh, exposure and that sort of thing. So thank you for doing that. It's it's a beautiful music. We're just having a great time. We only wish we could have brought our piano player yeah. along. Oh yeah, he plays an accordion. It's so cool. But that, none of the we just couldn't get the money together to be able to bring him out. <laughs> he couldn't get off of work. <laughs> The brain surgeon that he is, is what yeah. <laughs> So, um, you're in the Baltimore area, touring around, playing things there. We were just uh, in Canada and Vancouver for some we the International Clarinet Festival up there, and oh, I, I did a, very cool. I did a concert uh, where world famous jazz clarinetist Eddie Daniels was on it and I did and I did a, uh, a klezmer tune for a concert band that I did when I was in the Army Field Band which I think still holds the uh, Guinness Book World Records for the largest klezmer ensemble ever it was 75 musicians on stage <laughs> very good and uh, you handed me a, a copy of a CD why don't you tell me about your uh, your project well what we have going there is what we, we have here is just sort of a premature release of uh, seven cuts that we're working on our next uh, CD. We're hoping it's going to be out in Mar- around March, and uh, we're really excited about it. We kind of well, we needed something to have here, you know, so we finished uh, we finished maybe eight 
cuts. But I think we put seven on, yeah. on you know, just so you can, uh, so we can have something to. And it's just basically the three of us. Is how we ended up the, with the three of us. Is I was or Bob. Our, oh, our, yeah, mention who your third. Uh, our third our, our, our piano accordionist is, is Julius Fisher, and Julius and I met back in 1973. We were it. We were accepted in a, a Peabody summer youth program together. Oh, I was playing classic, a lot of classical clarinet, and he was a bassoonist. And I met him. We had to, we, you know, as part of this class, we got a piano. We got, like, the electric piano lab lessons. And I'm sitting there, and I can't find middle C on a piano. And he's sitting down there playing Elton John tunes. And <laughs> so we immediately hooked the next theory class, went to a room, and started playing, like, jazz and Elton John tunes and stuff all afternoon. So life goes on. They lose track of each other. So now four years, years later, Tom and I are sitting in a restaurant one time just talking about you know people we know and this name comes up this julius name and i said i know julius you can we were in rock bands in the 80s and tom says are you we went to elementary or where the body right the free and i said well wait a minute and i called him on my cell phone and said julius listen to this voice you know and so you ended up Reacquainting what yeah, 20, 20, some years, years, 20 later. years later, he had been out one time to see me when I played a concert at the community college. He taught at when we were just like doing a like a food drive holiday concert. I saw him then, and then we started playing together again. It's like we haven't like. So I sit there and say the Atonement actually has been together since 1973. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, the nice thing is we really do all love the music and enjoy working playing with each other it's it's a nice thing and it's a it's such an expressive music i, I just love it it's it's singing yeah. it's it's singing through an instrument and that's singing with an instrument is a lost art right now you you don't hear it and you know any chance you get where you can actually put air through an instrument and make it sing i can remember Leon Rushinoff turning to me in the middle of a lesson and saying, you know, Tom, it's either a song or a dance, and right now I can't tell what it is. <laughs> One of those moments where you realize you better figure it out quick. And, uh, you know, it's like klezmer music is about taking a song and making it a dance, but still having it be a song. I can cut loose and have some fun. And it's like, you know, when music comes from that place with people, they create it out of a sense of just bringing joy to it their lives from playing it and everybody else is sitting around on the front porch dancing and having a good time listening to it so you, you can't overthink it you, you gotta you know it's That's like I, I was saying there last night that that a really good band is usually it's like if we have three guys in our band there's like three roads and they meet at the same intersection and we've each gotten to that intersection through different different paths and different experiences i mean you know i spent 20 years in the army field band as a as principal clarinet and soloist and i've studied classical music my whole life i come from it from you know a classical techniques thing you know and and that kind of thing and jules is i was just gonna say you now you just touched on something and i'm sorry i'm talking over you tom of the three is the is the 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 guy who who studied klezmer and that's his the, Jules and I really come into it late but what really is cool the way that you've inspired us is by not going do this listen to this you got to do this you got to listen to this you got to play this you know Tom has always been like hey check this out or real you know easy going like oh you know check this song out or whatever or if we try a solo and 
with the country influence, you know, he'd say, oh, no, no, that's cool, rather than going, you know, that wouldn't be on a real Klezmer record. He's really brought us in and dig it by way of of allowing us to 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 grow into it from our own playing standpoint. And to Bobby's credit, he's actually turned me on to George Jones. <laughs> and I tell you what, if you want to learn how to play a klezmer line, listen to George Jones sing. That's how you do it. It's like there's a guy who knows pain. There. Oh yeah, it's like Cirrus. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, he knows it. You know. Very good. All right. Well, uh, about our uh, time time limit here. Um, if people want to find out more about the atonement or book you for an event or something, uh, eventually find your CD. How will they uh, get a hold of you? Well, I have. Well, sorry, I'm jumping in. I have uh, Bobby B Bobby B and Friends dot com, and I know Tom's working. We're working on a, a working a on an atonement website person. right now. We just haven't been able to get that together before we came out here. <laughs> MySpace. MySpace is big. We're going to be doing that you know, too. It's, I have to ask my daughter about it. <laughs> the kids know that. Yeah, that's it. we need to find a 14-year-old that really has <laughs> a computer tape. Do <laughs> but um, you know, right now, well, actually, this, the EP you know, that we have isn't for isn't a saleable item or something. That was just to, to you know to give away to. But what to, we really say can get in touch with me uh, at uh, 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 T S K I one one two eight at AOL dot com and well, yeah, T ski. Yeah, that's it, and we'll you know, we'll answer any questions or do anything anybody needs. Right, or you know. Okay, well, getting on the front end of the internet craze here. Yeah. We'll bring you bring you uh, kicking and dragging into the two thousands. <laughs> okay, well, thanks very much, Tom Tom Kowalski, Bobby B. Thanks so much for. Uh, spending the time on the Closer Podcast. All right. Thank you for having us. Yeah, thank you so much. And thanks to Con Selmer and uh, Saga Jatan Guitars for, for yeah, really helping us out here. For using their booth. Yes, exactly. <laughs> thanks, Dave. David Gartler. All, right. All right. Thanks very much, guys. All right. I'm back. I wanted to play one more song by The Atonement. And since Tom and Bobby talked about the Tischnigen during their interview, I thought that would be a good one to play so you hear what they were talking about. So here we go with Tishnigan by The Atonement. Thank you. 
this is Brian Bender from Little Shop of Horrors, and you are listening to The Klezmer Podcast. All right, I'm back. My thanks to Tom Powalski and Bobby B. of The Atonement for appearing on the podcast today, and especially for letting me use their beautiful music on the show. I'll be sure to let you know when the full CD is released. I'm looking forward to hearing all the rest of their music. You can tell from listening to them on the interview that they have a joy and a passion for klezmer that I haven't really seen in uh, a lot of people. And it's really exciting the way they talk about the music and how they got into it and what they're trying to do with the music. So it's really exciting and it was fun for me to talk to them. So thank you once again. And they've recently created a website at theatonementband.com. That's T-H-E-A-T-O-N-E-M-E-N-T-B-A-N-D.com. Well, that's about it for this episode of the Klezmer Podcast. Remember, if you have any questions, comments, suggestions, or if you have a band that would like to be interviewed or have your music played on the podcast, or if you have a recent or soon-to-be-released CD you would like me to review, please send an email to keith at klezmerpodcast.com. You can also find me on MySpace at myspace.com slash klezmerpodcast, and I've also recently added a page on Facebook. You can also listen to the podcast or download it or subscribe from podango.com. That's P-O-D-A-N-G-O.com. A couple of other things I'd like to mention. If you have a chance, please go to the iTunes Music Store and submit a customer review for the Klesmer Podcast. That helps my ratings in iTunes. Also, I have a survey posted that I would like you to take. If you have a few moments, please go to the website at klesmerpodcast.com or on the MySpace page at myspace.com slash podcast and click on the link to take the short 10-question survey that will help me make some improvements to the Klesmer podcast. The survey will run through March 31st, 2008. And as always, thanks for listening. Stay subscribed. And until next time, happy Purim, everyone! <laughs>